Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday. <clears throat> Hope you're doing well. Hope you survived the weekend. Of course, uh, I'm sick, just like everybody right now, it would seem. Uh, but uh, we will power through the show. Hopefully, not too sniffly, not too much, uh, too many cough breaks or anything like that. But uh, I hope that you guys are doing well. Hope that your weekend was exciting or relaxing, whatever you actually prefer. Interesting stuff going on in the Rumble versus BlackRock type of thing. The Rumble or uh, Steven Crowder versus BlackRock. We've got uh, Seth MacFarlane suddenly being pro-censorship. Um, we've got, uh, what else have we got today? Um, we've got, what else? Florida banning so potentially banning social media for kids under 16, which I would probably be a proponent of. Uh, we've got, what else have we got today? Mark Cuban having a melty and accidentally admitting to human rights violations. So I got a new pistol this weekend and already lost it in a tragic ice fishing accident. Ugh, that's just really difficult. Somebody really needs to get into the, um, somebody really needs to get into the life jackets for guns business. Probably thing. Whole tracks. My wife and I found out we're having a baby. Um, congratulations. Good for you. Have more babies. That is a thing. Um, what else we have? We have, there's a good bit of news. Some mutiny going on at Disney. Rumble stock doing very well. Continuing to be on the rise. Loving that. Congress has just been notified there are U.S. troops in Yemen now. How many wars will Joe Biden get us into? Uh, Pentagon suggests there's no U.S. troops in Yemen, but last month the White House said there are. Well, of course there are. I mean, Joe Biden's just letting let people just run wild. November can't come soon enough. I, I just, I literally, I mean, you know, do I think Trump is the, you know, the perfect presidential candidate? No. Um, but I mean, literally anything's better than this. Uh, Pac-Man after this weekend, that needs to cancel the Super Bowl because no one likes either team. Yeah, I mean, I watched the I watched a little bit of um, you know the game score back and forth, and all I could really think about was how the 49ers got lucky twice to get to the Super Bowl. So, you know, do with that as you may. Packers should have beat them. Lions should have beat them. I think the Packers would have beat them. if the Packers would have beat them. They probably would have lost to Detroit in Detroit, but then at least you have Detroit going to the Super Bowl, which is like at least a little bit of a storyline. So this BlackRock 
uh, stuff is getting pretty interesting. So without spending forever rehashing it, I know a lot of you watch Crowder, so you don't need me to resell, retell it. Um, but essentially a high-ranking BlackRock official has their website, uh, their email address associated with a child pornography website, child exploitation website. Um, that's a thing. Uh, after asking that said individual why their web, why their email address might be on that website, instead of responding, they had a lawyer send a letter. Now the evidence against this individual was pretty simple. Uh, there was a bunch of online databases that associated this said email address with one individual, uh, Abigail Geller Gold, uh, but also um, there was one IP address that tied not only that email address, but that individual uh, to that home. So they knew that that email address was used in a home that was in fact owned by and lived in by Abigail Gold Geller. So it looks, I mean, to the layman, it looks pretty likely that to the layman, it looks pretty likely that this email address is hers. I, I obviously, I can't state that as an absolute fact, but it looks like that. Um, so then instead of, you know, for me, I would say like, if somebody emailed me, if like, uh, the New York times emailed me and they were like, Hey, um, you know, an email address that comes back to you is, uh, you know, tied on, you know, you know, tied to some child porn website or something like that. You know, my response would be like, Hey, you have, you know, my 100% my support in investigating it. I don't, it's not my email address. I never used it. Or if it was my email address, you could say, I'd have no idea why my email address is there. I never accessed that website. I'd be happy to give up all my computers and all my, you know, data, internet usage history, uh, whatever you want, whatever you need, you have my full and complete, uh, what would I say? Like full and complete, uh, compliance. It would be like, you know, very easy, right? You would just say, holy, holy smokes. No, of course I didn't, you know, watch child porn. Um, Oh, you ha you say it was tied to an IP address at my house? Jeez, I don't know. Well, you you know, here's all my old computers. Here's all this stuff, that stuff. Um, you know, whatever you need. But uh, that's how I would respond, probably. Now, is it this woman? Maybe I don't know if she's married. Is it her husband? Um, is it you know? I don't know. But that's I feel like how I would respond. And then I would probably put out a statement like, of course, obviously, this is disgusting. I, I don't know. It was an old email address. You know, it's entirely possible someone just put it in and, you know, didn't know who I was or typoed or whatever. There's a million zillion, like, very reasonable, logical reasons uh, why maybe your website might have ended up there, right? Uh, but that's not what she did. Instead, she called a lawyer. And that lawyer said, 
hey, we've got to hide everything. Uh, you know, we took our they took our website, they took their website off the internet. I wouldn't have handed anything over the police chest. Like, that's not what I said, is it? I said nothing about the police. I'm just saying my statement would be that they are welcome to, you know, I support any. You can contact mail.com. You can do this and the other thing. Uh, you know, whatever. My point is I would be cooperating with it. Not, you know, sending a letter from my lawyer, um, shutting down the website. Um, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's how I would respond. That said, if it was like some leftist website, you know, generally women don't consume child porn. They create it is generally what the understanding is or is what my understanding is. So, you know, I don't know. That's giving up your rights. Okay. Well, I live in a world of reality where I'm a public figure and the, there would be a thousand articles written by the next day that the quarterings website, you know, email addresses on this, that, and the other thing, the only response you have is to address it. You can't, you can't turtle up. You look guilty then. I guess I'm dealing in the, in the world. I'm coming at it as a public figure. I guess that might change. If I was like, if I was like a private citizen or whatever, I would probably, I would definitely approach it differently. But as a public figure, I mean, you're guilty until proven innocent. So I suppose she is perhaps a private-ish citizen. Defamation lawsuit. Come on. Nobody, nobody has any idea how difficult. You have no idea how difficult defamation lawsuits are to win. And to be frank, I don't think there's anything that Steven Crowder said that could be considered defamatory. And, you know, because he's only reporting what other people are reporting, you know? Like, he's not saying, I have firsthand knowledge that she used this to, you know, access child porn or whatever the case is. But, uh... Nonetheless, they then um, ask Rumble to take the video down uh, on Friday. They put Crowder puts out this puts out this video. I guess I should say <laughs> defamation is extremely difficult to win unless you're unless it's Trump. Then it's like a free money all you can eat buffet. I, I guess that's that's what I, I uh, that's what I would say. So I've just received word that uh, BlackRock lawyers have sent a notice to Rumble and our site hosting company uh, requesting that our recent investigative piece be removed, um, citing all kinds of infractions or issues um, that they view to be serious. And look, um, we here at this uh, show, this company, take this very seriously. I know that Rumble takes this very seriously. And we are so he goes on to say, I will answer it Monday. And then he has issues his and his. Uh, no, there was no sound in the beginning. People are just delayed a little bit. There was no sound the first time I hit play. Thursday, and I mentioned this on Instagram, BlackRock requested to Rumble to have this removed and gone after all of our vendors to try and remove 
well, I guess, undo your support and ensure that, um, you know, we cannot make a living. However, we always have to take ownership over our mistakes. And if there is a mistake that we've made, obviously, legally, there are ramifications. So our official response today to BlackRock is go fornicate yourself. So I, I ultimately, um, <laughs> I wish, I wish Crowder had just dropped the f bomb there. I understand as somebody who tries to keep the show family friendly, uh, why maybe he didn't there. But I mean, he did flip the bird and do all the other things. So you might as well just win all the way. Fornicate is not, uh, just doesn't hit as hard. That's just that just doesn't hit as hard. He should have said, you know. At least I think it might have hit. I might have hit better if he just said, "Go, go, frick yourself." <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't think that Crowder. I think that the way that Crowder has um, that Crowder has presented this data put puts him in a. He's pretty safe, you know. Look at Rumble up fifty cents a share today. Giving back, it's just climbing, climbing, climbing. I don't own any Rumble stock, but it's good to see for the people I have. It'd be interesting to see. Like, I don't think anything he said. Uh, like, I wouldn't be freaking out about it. Like, he has not said that this individual was, you know, engaging in child pornography consumption or creation. Like that's, that would be the defamatory statement. All he said is very carefully, hey, uh, this is a website tied to somebody that works there. Um, this is, you know, this is tied to somebody that works there and, um, it also exists on this child pornography website. That's really the only statement he's made as far as I can tell. And so there's really nothing as far as I can see, there's, there's nothing defamatory about that statement because he, it's all proof. You know, it's all, it's all true. A lot of the Christian audience doesn't like it when he cusses. Yeah. I try not to. I try not to that. Uh, so people can have my show on like, you know, while they're chilling at home or what, maybe the kids are around. I try not to curse for that reason. I want people to be able to leave my show on, tune in, put it on the TV and go about their day, you know? Go Vince McMahon yourself. What a spectacular fall for Vince McMahon. Now, I'm not sure. Was there anything? Was there anything in the... So if you guys aren't following, Vince McMahon has basically been, you know, pushed out of his own company for being a bit of a degen. But was there, like, anything particularly bad that he did? And I say that being uneducated. Like, yeah, he had like sex parties or something like that, but I, I assume that kind of stuff happens 
I assume that kind of stuff happens anyway. When you're like worth a billion dollars and you you have a bunch of beautiful women around you. Like he was like, you know, having sex parties or something, but he wasn't like raping anybody or doing anything like it just seems like a good old fashioned smear job to get uh to get somebody out of the company. He did make a he he did make a, a poop on a woman's face allegedly too. They called them hood rats. <laughs> yeah, I I don't see really. So he took a dump on some chick's head, which is obviously gross, but uh, not illegal. If she's a willing participant and said duking, obviously he'll be fine. Yeah, of course. But it's been like a weird thing. Like, so, you know, the WWF, you know, they had to re they renamed. He was degrading female workers. Yeah. Oh, is it alleged against their will? He hasn't been criminally charged with anything, right? Not that I've seen. Yeah, he's basically getting Papa John. That's a good point, Willie. Is what it looks like to me. Is he's getting he's getting Papa John. That's you know the Papa John story was wild too. Like he got pushed out of his company. And, like, people loved him there. It was so weird. If a woman accuses a famous man, he's automatically assumed guilty. That's true. Let's look at this. Hopefully the, hopefully the recording, you know, if the poop fits... If the poop does not fit, you must acquit. I actually heard that poop was digital. I'll have to let the cat out. Hold on a second. Hold on, Trixie. Little Trixie made a Everybody out. Oh, no, 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 no. Out. Are you hissing at me? Are you crazy? Ugh. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Did 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 Come here. Ow, my face. No, you gotta come here. Come here. It's like herding cats, literally. Ah, <sighs> fine. The cat was not amused. Yeah, yeah. All right. 
E. Jean Carroll based her story on an episode of Law & Order SVU. Turns out she's a fan of the show. Did you see this? Hold on a sec. This from Law & Order SVU. Woke character in Law & Order is a white woman who was raped by a black guy. Declines to press charges because she's privileged and doesn't want the black perpetrator to go to jail. But Natalie, Jay Watson raped you. You think I forgot? How could I? This entire trial has been an exercise in reminding me. And this is your chance to do something about it. I am going to. Believe me. Because I can. I can afford therapy. I have that luxury. And maybe... One day, I'll be okay. But if that teenager goes to prison, he may not be. Ever. I don't want that. Aha! Natalie. Got you, bitch. Wait. Jay Watson raped you. You think I forgot? How could I? This entire trial has been an exercise in reminding me. And this is your chance to do something about it. I am going to. Believe me. Because I can. I can afford therapy. I have that luxury. And maybe one day. What a wild thing. Yeah, the guy that the guy that I know a lot of guys that and there's a lot of rapists that only ever rape somebody one time. They just get it out of their system. Just get, they just had to get the rape out of their system. That show is very woke. Very, very woke. Guys, he just, it was a cultural difference. Got a very interesting story for you. Perhaps a little divisive, perhaps a thinker a little bit. Florida has now passed a bill that will ban social media for all users under the age of 16. The question is, is that a good thing? I feel like a resounding yes. In fact, I would probably say users, I would, I would have probably pushed it higher and said 18, but I suppose 16 seems reasonable. The problem with, you know, social media. Now, this is, it has passed the House of Representatives, but has yet to be heard in state Senate. So, you know, I still think it's likely to happen. How do you, you know, there's lots of questions. How do you enforce it? How do you uh, police it? How do you, I mean, I suppose what you do is you just find the social media companies for allowing people. I think the way you enforce it is that you tell Facebook, Twitter, TikTok that you must ban anybody under this age uh, or face huge lawsuits. 
Now, I do think it will be extremely difficult to enforce. Um, you know, unless you're going to force identification, something like that on them, I think it's probably, you know, a little, a little dicey. But Florida lawmakers have advanced a bill on Wednesday that would prohibit social media platforms from allowing young teens to have an account while requiring everyone else to verify their age. The measure prohibits anyone from under 16 from creating new social media account and requires platforms to delete existing accounts held by minors who are younger than 16. It would also require social media companies to delete any personal information from the accounts for all the platforms uh, to use a non-governmental, independent, third-party, non-affiliated with the social media platform to verify user's age. Um, I think I'm not a fan of requiring identification to use the internet. I'm not a fan of how this could be enforced. I don't think there's any real easy way to enforce it. I, I'm a little bit older than maybe all of my viewers or some of my viewers, but you know, I remember an era where you would go to a website and it would say, Oh, you must be 18 to enter this website. Click yes if you're over 18 or no if you're not. Like that was all you had to do. Um, I, I don't think I would back, you know, connecting identification to get internet access. Essentially, if you think of how this would play out, I love the spirit of it. Okay, I love the idea because I do think for young ones, it's very difficult to uh you know get away from the internet and i think but long term what this is essentially saying is that anyone you know when you're 16 you're going to want to put an id to get on on the internet uh, i don't like that um at some point how would they ever verify how would they verify anonymous traffic you know how would they ever this is this seems unenforceable the bill passed before the house by a bipartisan 106 to 13 vote and now heads to the Republican controlled Senate. So I would assume that this is going to pass. These dopamine hits from social media are so addictive. It's like digital fentanyl. Fiona McFarland, a Republican state lawmaker who co-sponsored the legislation set on the floor on Wednesday, according to Politico. And even the most plugged in parent or attuned teen has a hard time shutting the door against these addictive features. Vivek Murthy, a U.S. Surgeon General, released a warning last year about the dangers of social media for kids. While he said more research was needed to fully understand the effects, there are ample indicators that social media can have a profound risk of harm to the mental health and well-being of children and adolescents. Well, we've already seen, you know, there was a story from maybe a week or two ago where girls where uh were like bullying this other girl at school and, and had had used ai to create spicy photos of her and you know circulate that um and she ended up taking her own life um you know i think that obviously you don't want that to happen um there's also the argument of you know parents need to be more involved i think that you know parents you know, not every kid needs a, a smartphone. Um, they just don't. 
You might argue it's the same as, you know, going to a liquor store, showing your ID. Um, if, if it's a system where it's not stored, even then, it seems like a really slippery slope. I love the idea. I love the idea of maybe enforcing it on the apps, but I just don't think you can actually enforce this. And I worry about the overreach. The bill does not name which platform specifically the bill would apply to, but it says it would apply to anything that utilizes addictive, harmful, or deceptive design features or other features that designed to cause an account holder to have an excessive or compulsion, compulsive need to engage with a social media platform, so any social media platform. Florida is one of several states to take action recently to limit teenagers' exposure to social media. Last year, Utah became the first state in the country to ban people under 18 from using social media without consent from a guardian. Again, what does that what does that actually um you know what does that actually even enforcement even look like? The state also prohibits minors from using social media account from 10:30 to 6:30 a.m. An industry trade group is currently suing Utah over the law. Well, if you look at other countries that have hours of available internet. This is a policy that exists in China. Now, I believe that social media is harmful for kids. I do. Uh, I worry about, you know, when we're putting laws out there, you know, <laughs> when they're putting laws out there that mirror what they do in communist China. You know, it's like literally they do this in China. You have, you, have, uh, you know, you have identification. I think they use face scan technology to figure out who you are. And, you know, you have to log in. You're only allowed to use the internet a certain number of hours. You know, it's like the argument, you know, oh, drugs are bad. Just ban, just make drugs illegal. Well, <laughs> it is, you know. I think that parents have, you know, the ultimate responsibility to enforce, uh, you know, these type of restrictions on their kids. And hope to raise them up right. I think it's, you know, parenting is just different in 2024 than it was 20 years ago. My parents never had to talk to me about spending too much time on the internet. I didn't want to be on the internet. You know, I, I was like, you know, Facebook was a thing that was like new when I was in college. Uh, MySpace was a thing maybe when I was in high school, but nobody cared about it. Now you're growing up where literally every kid is on TikTok and Snapchat and Instagram and all this kind of stuff. So we have to find a balance between not infringing on our freedoms, but also protecting kids. And I'm not sure that an outright ban does that because I don't think you can actually enforce it. And if you look at a lot of other countries, for example, and including the United States, they all have a long history of think of the kids, but it's really just censorship wrapped up in protecting the kids. And, you know, ultimately, I think parents should be responsible for managing their kids' social media time. There's plenty of apps out there now that can manage your screen time. There's plenty of, you know, if your kid can't manage your screen time, they don't need a, a smartphone. They can have a flip phone. There still exists, you know, t phones without data packages. You don't need any of that stuff. Um, I, I think ultimately... Parents probably need to do, I, my concern is that this is a huge overreach. I think, 
I would rather they just ban TikTok outright. You know, if you want to, if you want to ban TikTok outright, I would that I would support. If you wanted to ban, um, you know, harmful apps, apps that have a long history of this kind of stuff, I, I would might actually support that versus these weird laws where it's like, um, you know, we want more laws and more government oversight and more this and more that. I don't, I don't necessarily want that. I want less laws and less government oversight and more parenting, you know, and I, I am not a parent. I understand that, you know, kids feel like they have to be on social media and all this kind of stuff. And it's probably, you know, complicated and this that, and the other thing, but I'm concerned that this is more censorship wrapped up in think of the kids as opposed to, you know, actually a good thing, you know, kids, by the time you're 16, if you're out there working, you want to buy your own cell phone, you want to do this, that, and the other thing, I actually support that. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't think this is, I mean, I think it makes for great headlines, but I don't think they can actually enforce this. I'm pretty sure kids are pretty smart. I mean, when I was young, there was like a, a, a lock on the cable box, and all you had to do was figure out the four-digit code. Eventually, once you figured that out, it was done. Maybe they just make a sign. You know, don't be mean on the internet. I think you just have to raise your kids up nowadays knowing, you know, that these problems do exist. You see, the legislation opened the door for parents, though, to take legal action against social media companies that do not take down children's accounts, including the possibility of landing up to $10,000 in damages and court fees. Opponents slammed the legislative bill for not giving parents more of a say in the decision, they contend a wholesale social media ban would restrict access to friendships and resources that many children and teens hold dear, possibly even causing minors who earn more money as influencers to lose out. Influencers. In an effort to scale back the bill, a Democrat attempt, attempted to flip past Republican arguments supporting parental rights against them, writing, My concern is the government telling parents how to parent their child and taking away the complete ability for them to make that decision. I'd agree with that. Uh, said Democratic Representative Ashley Gant. My, I guess I'm a Democrat now, who filed an unsuccessful amendment seeking parental approval for minors to access social media. I think that if your kid you know, shows that they can control it, I, this is just a parenting issue. We need better parenting and less government. I, you can't government away every little thing. At least that's what I think. It'll be interesting to read the comments on this video for sure. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I think you don't want, I don't want more government. If, if, like I said, if, if, if it was about just outright banning, we're going to ban TikTok because it's bad. Okay, fine. Looks like uh, we were able to record without dropping too. Looks like. My parents at home schools and have a hard time to keep them off social media because they have no interaction with kids. It's a hard line to walk. Yeah, I agree. I just think you try to balance it the best you can, you know? 
I think you just balance, you do the best you can as a parent to balance it. And, um, you know, ultimately that's where it lies. This really comes down to parents kill Saturday morning cartoons. Whatever happened to Saturday morning cartoons? My friends and children are the least concerned the issue. Same with, yeah, right. Damn, Tiffany. Tiffnall. Coming in hot. I can't even believe this topic is still circling the internet. But it is. And it's it's wild. So this actress from The Boys television show um, basically ruined her face with some weird of weird combination of um, plastic surgery and weight loss and makeup. She basically went from um, a beautiful like girl next door to look to some sort of weird alien that looks more like Dylan Mulvaney than a woman. It's that same weirdo look that Jeff Bezos's alien wife has. I don't know why people think that chick is attractive. She looks weird. She's had way too much plastic surgery and it's gross. Well, you have this essentially before and after image of this chick going viral and now she's having a meltdown and quitting social media over it. The boys actress Erin Moriarty fires back at Megyn Kelly over claims that she's obsessed with plastic surgery. Um, I mean, this is how she, I mean, if you look at some images, she used to be so pretty. And now she looks weird. Like she looks, I, I, I wanted to see this like before and after. Like she's clearly had a bunch of work done. Like clearly. Like very, very clearly. Here, this is probably the best example. On the left, she looks like Reese Witherspoon very, very attractive. Perfect, you know, uh, your traditional beauty, we'll say. Okay, she may not appeal to you, may not like blondes, blah, 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 blah. Okay, that's fine. This is what she looks like now. A gray alien looking person. People on the internet are reacting to this saying like, what, what on earth did you do? Uh, She's had some sort of work done very clearly. Her chin looks different. Her cheekbones look different. Her jawline looks different. It's, 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 she's, I would say that most people would say this is a massive downgrade. So now she's responding to the internet, basically dragging her for it. Actress Erin Moriarty fired back at Megyn Kelly's claims that she is obsessed with plastic surgery, accusing the radio host of bullying her with dis disgustingly false remarks about her looks. I mean, you can, I mean, you can look at the picture. We're all looking at the same picture. It's very obvious, like something's different. We're all subject to levels of bullying throughout our lives, but I am horrified, Moriarty29 began in a lengthy Instagram post, 
saying that Kelly used an image from before her 21st birthday for clickbait seeking. I, I don't know what to tell you. I, people, that is not a, we're not looking at a difference in age there. We're looking at somebody who is like completely different. She's not older here. She's just wildly physically different. This isn't age we're looking at. I got my makeup done that day and it involves major contouring. And I remember leaving feeling pretty, she continued. I saw the comments scathing enough to just turn my comments off, but this is becoming harassment. This is becoming fake news. It comes days after uh, Kelly sparked backlash with recent podcast appearance where she said of Moriarty, Moriarty, she's got the Kim Kardashian lips. She's made her nose so skinny it looks like a pencil now. I find it as a sign of mental illness. It probably is. Um, I point out that I pointed out that Megan Fox basically did this too, and people on the internet dragged me. It must be like a different. Like Megan Fox looks gross to me. She looks weird and fake and plastic. Like if the, if like the, uh, if the wind blew, she might shatter. I, I don't even, I mean, it's, you don't look pretty. You look weird. Moriarty shared a response almost a week after Kelly's controversial podcast remarks saying she had no idea what was going on amid a social media frenzy because she was going through one of the most challenging weeks of her life. And specifically thought that as I emerged from this period of time, so stressed that I have barely been able to eat or sleep. You look like you haven't been eating. I thought, okay, I'm going to emerge this 10 pounds thinner and the verbal abuse accusations will be flying. While Moriarty said she was expecting viewers to suspect she was on drugs or hit her with a flippant just eat a burger comment, she was stunned by the hostile reaction that came instead. Well, yeah, because people look at you and they're like, what are you doing? You learn to become Teflon and move on. I had no idea what was going on this time, she said in the past. So you expected people to say you look different or weird, but then you complain that people mention you look different or weird. To receive a message about a disgustingly false, counterproductive to the degree of being ironically misogynistic video of Megyn Kelly commenting on the manner to learn the widespread nature of this has left me horrified, she said. Although Kelly claimed in her appearance that the image of Moriarty, which the actress shared recently on Instagram before deleting it, was from a year ago, Moriarty said it was actually far older. She said that the picture had actually been taken about a decade ago before I was legal drinking age and called on Kelly maybe to do some research and take 30 seconds. How utterly misinformed, inaccurate, and clickbait-seeking people who follow and consider to be informed are appalling, Moriarty said in her furious post, which contained a number of grammatical errors. I mean, are you telling me that this doesn't look like Dylan Mulvaney? I mean, you're talking about being being like Teflon and you upload like this unhinged post. Now, she's allowed to share her opinion. 100% allowed. 100% allowed to share her opinion. 
but you don't get to then say how you're you're it's time to be like Teflon. It's appalling that you've had a ton of plastic surgery. And by the way, it's men too. You you can't tell me that somebody like Seth MacFarlane hasn't had a bunch of plastic surgery. Seth MacFarlane looks like he's made of more silicone and plastic than anything else. He looks weird too. The remarks in question came in Kelly's podcast earlier this month with journalist Michael Knowles, where she accused Moriarty of completely changing her face with plastic surgeries. She made the comments in the response to Moriarty sharing the alleged decade-old picture this month. As Kelly continued, she got the Kim Kardashian lips, blah, blah, blah. She's got like what appears to be cheek implants. More and more young women are doing this. It's not about objection to plastic surgery. It's about the obsession with turning yourself into this fake version of yourself. I find it like a sign of mental illness. It's extremely upsetting. It's just a massive turnoff to me. I really want to get in the heads of these young girls and say, please don't do this, she said. The same podcast, she also took the objection to a recent look of Jeff Bezos' fiance, Lauren Sanchez, after she shocked fans by stepping onto Milan in a sheer Dolce & Gabbana lace dress that uh, exposed her backside last week. I'm sorry you look like a hooker. You look like a hooker, and you're dating one of the richest men in the world. Try to be a little classy. Must everything be an expose of your obviously over-enhanced assets? She fumed. This one is gross. I mean, everything about her is like her lips, her chins, her face, her, her hairline, her forehead. All gross. While Sanchez is yet to respond to the remarks, likely spending time on Bezos' $500 million super yacht, Moriarty showed less restraint. She concluded her scathing statement by saying that she had effectively disabled her account, but was leaving it active so fans could read the post. Consider it deactivated, she said. Social media was my ability to connect with my fans, but I'm deciding to invest my energy into my work instead. I'm horrified by the reaction and the reductive assumptions and the aforementioned video that my primary example of such harassment. It's broken my heart. You've broken my heart. You've lost the privilege of this account. So... In response to people pointing out that you've clearly had a bunch of work done, you berate, yell at them, and quit social media. I don't really know. You know, you're blaming your own fans. You think people, I mean, sure, there were probably people that weren't her fans that came to her social media and made fun of her, but I don't know. I'm in her own personal situation, included that no one knows what someone's going through, adding that shame on you. I mean, I don't know. There's a wave of actresses and a few actors who are getting the fat in their cheek areas removed. It's not a good look. These people are already skinny. So when did they get in their when they get in their sixties with their faces done like that, they're gonna look gaunt. Almost like a deadhead look. I mean, I don't really care about Megyn Kelly. She's probably had work done too. But it's really, really weird that her gigantic ego got... I mean, this may be attractive to some some people, but like if you look at Megan Fox before and after, you look at her before and after, I don't I don't think it's an improvement. Maybe maybe I'm just hey, dip, you know, somebody finds this finds finds it attractive, I assume. Just not me. <laughs> Pat the plumber says, sorry, I'm late. I missed the bus. Is that really her? Michael Jackson mental disorder? Yeah, that could be. And ooh, I'm Jeremy. I read all my super chats. I do. 
You just got to give me a second to get to him, Jack. I mean, Pat. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, apparently the meth head look is so in right now. I mean, like, She's just going for this exact same look. Like Megan Fox used to be hot. Now she looks like a weird alien. Look at her in 2005. Beautiful. 2007. Beautiful. She's already having work done. You can see in 2010, 2012. She spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on plastic surgery. She looks gross to me. Like here, she's extremely pretty, 2003. Now she's starting to get work done, you can tell. Lots of work. And then like, if we go to like, whatever this thing is now, this is weird. They all have the same look. They're like all pod people. They all have the exact same look. Like Aaron Moriarty clearly went and said, I want the Megan Fox. <laughs> you don't got to call me Jack. Sorry, Pat, but hey, you wanted my attention. You got it. Yeah, it's like they're it's like they're they're all clones being replaced or something like that. I, I don't I don't really understand how they think that this looks good, but you know what? They keep getting work. You know, they keep getting work. So I don't know what else to say. I mean, apparently I'm the idiot. They all look like trans people. Like, I, I don't understand. Mighty Megatron, Megan Fox got surgery, but did she fix those thumbs? I don't believe so. It's just, it's weird. And they all have that same look. They, this chick, Kim Kardashian, Lauren. I don't know who Lauren Sanchez is, but she looks gross. That's just, that's my opinion. She looks icky. She looks like she has a smell. Now here's Seth here's Seth MacFarlane going pro censorship full TDS. And first of all, I have no idea what, what these outlets gain by allowing comments on their uh, on their sites. It's like Yeah, New York Times, why do you allow a comment section? Why do you let why do you let the plebes comment on your videos? The sex bot look, yeah, right. They smell like sulfur. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. And first of all, I have no idea what what these outlets gain by allowing comments on their uh, on their sites. It's like this reporter took the time to research this, to fact check it, oversight from an editor, and if they got it wrong, then they have to print a retraction. 
Um, what if it's just slanted? What if it's what? wrong? But what if it's just slanted? What if it's not wrong? It's just slanted, that, and that's that, what somebody's pointing out in the column. Then write they, a letter to the editor. Do write a letter to the editor. That's what he said. Write a letter to the editor, guys. Write a letter to the editor, comrades. You mean the same editor that approved the article in the first place? You want me to appeal to their unbiased nature? Do your research and formulate your argument. Uh, but, but, that, but that that appears a week later. So what? Well, so because but then I've forgotten it or I don't but it's, see. But it's that. like there's there's this there's this this thing we take for. So what? A week later. Well, that means that there's no. Correcting an article a week later is irrelevant. It doesn't change anything. Everyone's already moved on. Correcting an article oftentimes in the hours later. I mean, how many times do we have to see people? How many times do we see people repeat the uh, the Kyle Rittenhouse cross state lines lie? A million? Once the article is out, the narrative is set. You can, you can print all the retractions you want. There are still people that believe that Kyle Rittenhouse crossed state lines. They say it now as it's an absolute fact. For granted now that the, the journalist who did the work gets to have their uh, uh, piece put on the same shelf as everyone else's spur of the moment bullshit. You seem to trust journalists more than I do. I trust certain journalists, yeah. Yeah, I do. I, certain ones I do. Yeah. I bet you Seth MacFarlane could not name three journalists. I'm, I'm willing to bet you that he could not name three journalists. That's just my opinion. Not a lot. And not a lot? I, no. And I'm, everything I read, whatever source, it's only half the truth. They print, they print the narrative. They don't print truth. That's a they, generalization, though. Well, it, it is, really? but it's because it's generally true. He's like literally, you can watch his bubble bursting. He has no concept that people, he has no concept uh, that people don't trust journalists. He's literally having his mind blown right now. Name 10 books. Name 10 books. You can't even name 10 books. You can't even name one book. Prince, they print the side of the story. By the way, that's exactly print... what Donald Trump wants. What they... you just said is exactly what he wants. I, it doesn't matter. Don't trust, don't trust the reporters. Okay. Don't trust the journalists. Well, Hitler was a vegetarian. Doesn't mean I'm like Donald <laughs> Trump. Uh, of course, uh, yeah. Some people believe Rittenhouse killed black people. Of course they do. Yeah, lots of people do. Nautical nature, I don't know. You are the seem to be the only person having a problem right now. 4,000 people. Maybe refresh or something, I don't know. But, the, but they print the half that they want. They're, that is going to make people like you, who are uh -huh. partisan, very partisan. You want to read something that, oh, I, that, that makes me feel good. Like I read because... John Bolton's book, for fuck's sake. I'm not partisan. <laughs> yes, he is. There's nobody more partisan than Seth MacFarlane. He literally uh, 
begged or he he wrote like Peter Griffin kissing Obama in the White House while he's fighting Donald Trump. You telling me he's not partisan? Shout out to the King of Biltong. Good afternoon from Anton's in Roanoke, Texas. Shipping for your Biltong with code the Q on landedbiltong.com and AntonUSA.com. Our Biltong will be on DFW 99.5 FM, The Wolf, tomorrow morning. All right, tune in. I definitely need to re-up my Biltong. I slogged through oh, that thing. Okay. Yeah. Jesus Christ. You have my I, condolences. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't oh know why God. you would do that. But I, I, Bill, I think this okay. is the most cross-cutting challenge we have at all, which overall, which is... People simply don't get their information from the same place. They tune into the news they want right. to hear to reinforce the views they already have. They have social media algorithms queue up what they want to see. They're in the audience stroking business. That's they what are. the media they does. Are. That's what they it. are. To right. some extent, that's true. But I don't. Th- I think to generalize, the majority of it is, is right. wrong. All journalists, all journalists are garbage here. They're all corrupt. All of them. I don't trust a single one of them. A bunch of poop heads. Yes, that is Adam Schiff of all people. That's correct. Yeah, family had an anti-Trump message in the last episode before the 2020 election. Yeah, his show is... I mean, you, you, it's wild to me that he doesn't see his own show... Is is bias. His own show. Here's an interesting article. According to The Guardian, there is a mutiny going on at Disney right now. They outline Bob Iger's fight to right the ship now facing a showdown with the shareholders. Now we've been talking about this for a long time. You know, leave a like on the video if you think Disney is absolute propagandistic garbage. If you haven't yet, please do follow the channel wherever you choose to watch me and turn notifications on. I would greatly appreciate that. We've been following Disney spiraling over the past, I don't know, several years basically. Every movie they come out absolutely flopping at the box office. Their latest movie, Wish was terrible. Um, everything coming out of Pixar is losing money. They used to guaranteed make hundreds of millions of dollars on anything Pixar puts out. Parents decided, hey, I don't want to, I don't want to subject my kids to your propaganda anymore. Um, and now even the Guardian writes, summoned out of retirement, the right to the company, to write the company, Iger faces shareholders who want to shake up the board. Bob Iger wishes his colleagues smooth waters ahead as he stepped down in 2021 after 15 years. They proved anything but. 11 months later, he was summoned out of retirement. Iger, who had been lauded for transforming a rusty Hollywood tug into a gleaming flotilla of new media entities during this first stint in charge, was given a second stint to steer the company back on course. The seas have yet to calm. Now pirates are looking to clamber aboard as the renowned activist investor Nelson Peltz shakes up to shake up the board, the entertainment giant has woefully underperformed, according to Tryon Partners, Peltz's firm. Iger's return, by his own admission, has been much more challenging than anticipated. The company was sucked into America's culture war shortly after 
before or shortly before he took the job again. Well, I'm sorry, they were not forced into the culture wars. They were not forced into that. They went there willingly. They self-inserted there. They wanted that. I, I'm not exactly sure. You know, what is what is he talking about? Of course. That, that's what they wanted. They, they inserted themselves into the parental rights and education bill argument. They, nobody forced them into it. And, Iger, uh, and while Iger seems to have bested the Florida governor and failed presidential hopeful Ron DeSantis, after his attack on Disney's supposedly woke culture for now, for now, Disney's business troubles remain. So how has he bested him? I'm not sure you would call that. I'm not sure I would call that a victory. If the fact that you have no pro you have all the same problems from lackluster trading at the box office to an expensive bid to dominate streaming, the fleet he has amassed for Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Lucasfilm, and most of 21st Century Fox remains under fire. The group's once lucrative broadcast television arm is in decline, and the sports network ESPN faces an uncertain future. Well, I remember when I would turn on ESPN and get sports. I don't know if that's the case anymore. Now you turn on ESPN and they're talking about BLM. They're talking about um, you know all all their you know woke ideology and politics. I tuned out a long time ago. He's got a lot to do. So Jessica Reif Ehrlich, an analyst at Bank of America, his focus is riding the ship and getting Disney to a very profitable place in an environment that's very different than it was when he left the company. Iger has tried to ease the storm by cutting 7,000 jobs to curb Wall Street's alarm over costs, reorganizing the ranks, and moving to reduce costs beyond by about $7.5 billion. While he claims such moves mean Disney can now move beyond the period of fixing and begin rebuilding our business again, his critics remain unpersuaded. Even the once-reliable machine at the heart of Disney's empire, making the movies and shows to lure fans to theaters, streaming platforms, resorts, and stores has stuttered. Iger has identified the revitalization of the company's production studios as his number one priority. The future relevance of cinemas remain an open question for the movie industry, but Disney struggles to draw big crowds is very Disney-specific, according to Ehrlich. Look at Barbie and Oppenheimer, she said, referring to last week's summer breakout blockbusters. People went to the movies. Barbie was distributed by Warner Brothers, Oppenheimer by Universal, which overtook Disney as the highest-grossing studio at the box office last year for first time since, for the first time since 2015. Disney, meanwhile, released a series of high-profile flops like the Marvels. Only Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 graced the global top five. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Like, people want to talk about nobody wants to go to the theater anymore. You know, this is like, you know, um, this is, uh, you know, it's an industry-wide thing. No, it's not. People absolutely still want to go to the theater. There's no question about that. They'll want to go see something new. They want to go see something interesting. They want to go see something unique. Taking on Netflix, Disney ramped up production and hoped that Marvel superheroes and Star Wars spinoff prequels and sequels and remakes would turbocharge its own streaming service. While its streaming service, Disney Plus, built a core base of 112.6 million in less than four years, users, second only to Netflix, which finished last year at 260 million, it concedes that the quantity of output diluted quality and investors balked at the platform's multi-billion dollar bill. 
Enough is enough, according to Pelt. He joined forces with Ike Perlmutter, who remains one of Disney's largest individual shareholders. After selling Marvel for $4 billion in 2009, Perlmutter, no friend of Iger's, was fired as chair of Marvel Entertainment Comic pub Publishing business last spring. Together, Tryon and Perlmutter hold shares in Disney's worth more than $2.5 billion in the, last, in the year last to last May. They've asked no fewer than 24 times for Pelts to be given a seat on the board. According to the company, Disney, with a market value north of $170 billion, has repeatedly rebuffed the pair. The stage is set for an over-showdown in the spring, when Tryon plans to put its proposal to overhaul Disney's board directly to the shareholders. Last month, it stunned insiders by enlisting veteran of the Magic Kingdom to challenge Disney insiders Jay Rizzullo, who resigned as chief financial officer back in 2015 and was once deemed the potential successor to Iger, now claims the Disney I know and love has lost its way. Disney, which has its own slate of board of candidates, uh, last week bluntly rejected the idea of Paul Peltz and Rizzullo joining. Instead, Peltz has not actually presented a single strategic idea for the company and said that during his two-year quest for a claim, suggesting he seemed oblivious to transformations across the media industry. The sector has radically changed since Rizzullo's exit and added, questioning the ability to work constructively with Iger. Well, I mean, ultimately, you have a situation here where, you know, Disney is, this is a problem of their own making. This is not, this is not a unique to Disney thing. It isn't. I mean, I'm sorry. It is not a unique to the whole industry thing. There were, you know, Barbie made a billion dollars. Oppenheimer came close to a billion dollars. People will still go to the theater. Every Fast and Furious movie that comes out makes a billion dollars. Um, there's lots of movies. You know, Wes Anderson movies, people still go to the theater for the, law, for, for the most part to go see. There's a lot of movies. There's um, Silent Night. I don't know if that did any good or not, but you know, there's still movies that are somewhat unique that people want to go see and will go to the theater to see it. It's just that we already know what kind of tripe we're going to get from Disney. It's going to be propaganda. It's going to be a remake. It's going to be woke. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be garbage. And so why would I pay $15 or $100 to take a family of four, quite frankly, to go see that? And also, especially because most of these people already pay for Disney Plus, they could just wait for that. Like none of these movies, the, the biggest problem is nothing Disney is putting out now has any reason for you to go. Like, why would I go see um Wish, a terrible movie that's gonna be on Disney Plus anyway? Why would I go see the 15th rendition of Toy Story when it's gonna be out on Disney Plus anyway? And it's probably going to make me mad. It's probably not going to be interesting. It's, it's just all of this really boils down to there's absolutely no, what's the word? Um, there's no, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, there's no like urgency to go see one of these movies because they're just going to be out on social media anywhere. They're not, they're just going to be out on streaming anyway. So people can just go see them then. And it's so weird to me that Disney can't see that. Nobody gives a damn about, I mean, if you look at what's coming up now, Madam Web doing worse than the infamous Marvel flop. This is their newest movie. It's in the spider, it's a, it's a Spider-Man spinoff with a chick. 
Um, apparently that means you want to go pay $15 to go see it. They literally did put a chick in it and make it gay. And it's trending to be a massive box office disaster. Man and Web is said to have the worst box office opening for any Sony, Sony Spider-Man movie ever. Oh, it's four, four diverse chicks. Why don't, here's my money, take my money. Why can't I, why wouldn't I just, well, I mean, there's no reason to give them your money for this stuff. It's garbage. It's all complete trash. And, the, the, you know, I, I think that, you know, people have just moved on. Did Nobody was asking for a cringely wrote um, female Spider-Man movie. Nobody. And they put it out there. Nobody was asking for the Marvels. And they put it out there. So when they do these movies and they spend the amount of money that they spend on them and they flop, is it, I mean, Sony's upcoming superhero team-up movie is currently tracking to earn just 25 to 35 million in its opening weekend, which if true, puts the film between the range that would market the lowest opening weekend yet for any Spider-Man movie. Now, Sony's vampire flick Morbius currently has the worst Spider-Man universe opening sitting at just 39 million. Followed by Venom at 80 million and Let There Be Carnage at 90 million. This is going to make 20 million. You know, adjusted for inflation, that's an even worse disaster. But, you know, keep pumping out the movies, keep calling us racist, keep saying, you know, all, all this insane crap that we just know you're going to say that you're going to blame us for every little thing. We don't want to see your terrible movie. You, know, you, you keep doing that. We'll see how that works out. It, the whole the whole thing is like so wild to me that they can't seem to put together like any they can't figure out in any way shape or form why nobody wants to see this shit. Sorry, this these movies. My apologies. What do you guys think? You asked for it, Incredible Hulk. <laughs> Just going to publish a video quick. What do you guys got? So I've got, um, by the way, while I've got you all here, I'm going to be on InfoWars on Wednesday. I will also be on... Alex Jones will be on my show this Friday. I wanted to wait a little bit to announce it. Man, Jeremy's banging these videos out today. Yeah, there was a lot of news from over the weekend. Um, it's, it's, uh, so we'll have Alex Jones on Friday at three Eastern. So I don't know if I'm going to start late. I'll probably just bring him in. Hopefully I'll be better then. Yeah, I'll be on InfoWars Wednesday. So it'll be it'll be interesting to me. I, I you know I'll probably just let it rip um, on Rumble only, so we can just go, and I don't have to worry about you know about uh, cutting cutting anything off, you know. 
Maybe I'll even try maybe I'll even try um Rumble Studio on that day. Start early without him. Yeah, I'll probably do that. I'll just start him I'll probably just start at my normal time, you know. Hopefully we get a big crowd for Alex on Friday. Definitely definitely trending um trending upwards, which is great. We're big uh, what time on InfoWars? I think it'll be... Hold on. I'll tell you. She texted me yesterday. Uh, Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern. So I guess we just dual stream it? What do we do with that? Do we just dual stream it? How should we do it? Two PM Eastern. That's oh no, that's at the end of my show, right? No, three PM Eastern's at the end of my show. So I guess we'll just call it in. We'll just call in, we'll just let it ride. Dual, yeah. I think I have the bandwidth. Five K doing good today. Monday, you always do good, Jeremy. It's sweet thirty-five to forty-five, thirty-five to forty-dollar ad revenue from Rumble. LOL. Um, well, I don't keep any of that anyway. We'll do it live, yeah. Mark Cuban, um, by the way, if you're tuning into the show and you're enjoying it, get involved in the chat. Say hi in the chat. You know, I, I stream every single day uh, from noon Eastern to about 2 Eastern. And uh, I'd love for you to get involved in the chat. I'd love for you to be a daily viewer. I absolutely really appreciate that. I think we're going to be doing another big promotion in February um, to try and entice more viewers so we'll try to uh i think we've been doing pretty good we've been our, our kind of our peak viewership has gone up in january i think that's great uh i think i can take it to maybe six seven thousand in february if we do another promo i don't know if i want to do like the same prizes be thinking about what you guys want me to do um like the same prize thing i could do another big thing of prizes um, pick a bunch of prizes, maybe get another um, gaming computer or something like that. Um, I could do that. Um, or I could do, you know, I could do a bunch. People seem to like the gift cards. See if, see if, uh, see if Rumble will, you know, help support another one. You don't need a promotion. Well, <clears throat> I want to do um I want to promote to my YouTube viewers to tell them to come over here. You know? I think the last promotion we took us from like three to four thousand to five to six thousand. Salas Paula says, uh, I want you to strip. Do, wait, I want you to strip. Do you really want to hear what I want from you? I've always wanted to hear what you want from me. <laughs> coffee and hats. People seem to like the coffee, okay. Give away a truck at the Hodge Twins. I can't afford that. Um, so 
<laughs> everyone gets a slide whistle. You know, I think this is what made me sick, by the way. I think this is what made me sick. Feet picks? No. Um, the Because I had not... I really hadn't been out. So, you know, I, I blow on this slide whistle without washing it off. Now I've been sick ever since. Yeah, if we can get the 7K at the noon hour, I think that would be really... I, I think Rumble would be happy. And hopefully we can build that to 10K by the end of the year. No way. The slide whistle cures cancel, can, 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 cancer. Yeah. I have people on YouTube are handicapped. I think it's just, you know, it takes time. It just takes time to work people over. I think the idea, you know, a lot of people think you're asking them to quit YouTube. And so that's like more difficult to try and like promote the idea of, you know. What I'm what I was trying to say is like what I'm trying to say is like I don't want to I don't want people I'm not telling you to quit YouTube. I just want you to come watch my show. You should give something to Rumble user Hello Darkness with the three. Here's the swell guy. Um, I hear the swell guy too, and I think being a good guy is, you know. I just came over from YouTube. Hell yeah. Well, what I notice is um I'm glad you're gonna give Rumble Studios a try, not many creators who have access to it. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try it on Friday. Maybe not with Alex, but we'll try it, you know. Arcade one-ups. I mean, I could do that too. So, what's interesting, Rumble does not have, what is this? Uh, Rumble does not have enough science and good DIY videos. I agree. Needs more. Needs more normie content. Gaming PC giveaway. Yeah. Every day, YouTube doesn't migrate. Add a word to the ban filter. Yeah, yeah. Should get 10K easy with AJ. It's tough. I mean, if I promote it, if I promote it enough, like on my YouTube channel, tell people to tune in. I think if we get to six, seven K regularly, I think YouTube would or um, Rumble would be happy with me. Basing that on nothing. <laughs> this time slot's a little more difficult, you know. I think we'd be further along if I was streaming at five o'clock, but. That just that's not what I wanted. I wanted a, a day show, a sh show during the day, you know. Or Cuban accidentally admits human rights violations. What? Rumble's getting better. Their search, yeah, their search needs to improve. Their search needs to improve for sure. I agree with that. But it's like I went from. You know, what I would say is like, just as, a, you know, letting people know, I went from like having like um, three to 5,000 views being really good on a standalone video to like my Crowder BlackRock video got 26,000 views. Um, I think my, look at my Dr. Dreidel Ben Shapiro video got 26,000 views. Trump got 20,000 views. So, I mean... These are just standalone videos that now are like getting in the, you know, 15,000, 12,000, 17,000. So I'm definitely growing that. Like there's lots, there's thousands of people that are now watching my standalone VODs. So that's matters.
I think the best way to grow the best way to grow the channel is to have more guests, probably. That's just kind of the truth. I'm alignment. Some of our chats are NSFW. <laughs> Do you know what the parameters uh, counts as a view or is it not public? I don't know that. I think Chris has tweeted about it before, but I don't know what it is for sure. Do you realize how many YouTube views are just bots and scrapers? Um, yeah, probably. I mean, there's probably uh, a lot of them. But like I said, I mean... My Ben Shapiro video on, on Rumble got like, what did I say, 26,000 views? And on YouTube, it got like 50,000. That's pretty, I mean, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I got 50,500 views on YouTube. And I got 26,000 on Rumble. That's incredible. That's like 50% of my YouTube views already, like on Rumble. Where is it going to be next year? <laughs> you know? The cheerful cynic for anyone interested in Warhammer 40k content, a border prince is here on Rumble making Warhammer 40k videos. Shout out. Uh, Jack says, but when you are an interview show, you want, wait, but then you are an interview show. You want that? No, I don't want to do, I don't want to do an interview show, but I just think it's a great way to grow. You know, Mark Cuban says, I have never hired anyone based exclusively on race, gender, and religion in one sentence. He continues, I only ever hire the person that will put my business in the best position to succeed. And yes, race and gender can be part of the equation. So right here, he basically admits he's a racist and he's violating um, civil rights, civil liberties. I view diversity as a competitive advantage with no actual, like, with no actual evidence of that, you know? No actual proof of that. Can you add timestamps for normal videos yet? I'm not sure. By the way, he was just getting completely ratioed. He writes... Lance Pearson writes, so what you are saying is that you're fine with somebody concluding that a lack of diversity is a competitive advantage in their business and only hiring one race of people, correct? You simply have a different judgment. Of course, then Mark Cuban says, I'm not telling you anyone how to run their business. I'm telling you what I think is good for business. What's wild is that Mark Cuban thinks that because you have a different skin color, you automatically have a different perspective, which is not true. You know, that's like one of the earliest fallacies that these these people who are like these woke indoctrinated people are. It's it's like, no, your background by far kind of explains more how you get your perspectives, how you were raised, who you were raised by, where you grew up, the, you know, whether or not you had any money growing up. These are things that actually, uh, you know, shape perspectives. You know, having a different skin color can lead to different perspectives. It can, but it doesn't inherently do that. 
That's the, that's the issue. The rabbit hole writes, like I've been saying, by the way, my argument has been and remains demographics should not be a factor. I don't want whites benefiting from demographic privilege, and I don't want minorities benefiting from demographic privilege. Colorblind meritocracy should be the goal. Like, yeah, I mean, I, how are we even, how are we re, how are we rehashing this now in the year of our Lord, 2024? I mean, I'm dead serious. How are we doing this again? How are we doing this again? Twitter has changed a lot. I can remember a time a few years ago when I could post and expect responses from both sides of an issue leading to an interesting discussion. I don't believe that that's true. I believe what Mark Cuban is finding out is that now all the dissenting opinions aren't being suppressed. You know? So he's getting ratioed into oblivion. Now it's fun to post on X just to show I can't be intimidated by mobs in the echo chamber. Of course, everyone just replies, or is that everyone just disagrees with your pathetic, pathetic defense of DEI? It's more likely to do the fact your takes on DEI and ESG are universally unpopular and you keep reamplifying them. You have 8.8 .8 million followers. I've got 120,000 or so, and I've nearly ratioed you in multiple replies several times. Consider the possibility that you might not know what you're talking about when it comes to DEI. I mean, in other words, when Twitter was run by liberal snowflakes, it would protect me from mean conservative points of view. Now with free speech, I get ratioed on every post and I have to go cry in my safe space. King of Biltong, if you want some cooking content, check out King of Biltong underscores between each word. We do a bit of cooking content. It's not for the money. So it's not massive, but we are trying to prioritize Rumble. Nice. I mean, it's 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 really, really wild to me that this this is still a thing. That we're still talking about skin color. I thought we decided all this a long time ago. A long time ago. I thought we decided all this. Salty Cracker, shout out Echo Chamber. None of the mentally ill lefties with commie ideas have left the site or have been banned. You just aren't being protected by an algorithm, and you're going to realize that your shitty ideas don't actually have much support. I mean, that's ultimately, you know, Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban is lying. The CEO that he hired explicitly admits to hiring, firing Dallas Mavericks employees based on their race and gender. Uh, because I know the business case for diversity and you have to have a diverse group of people around the table uh, if you really want to be as successful as you can be. By the way, this is the CEO of the Dallas Mavericks, a billion, multi-billion dollar organization. And so, so we took that on. So we laid out that vision, laid out a set of values, and then I had one-on-one -on -one with all the employees and then made some leadership changes. And wow. so now we have almost 50% women in leadership and 47% people of color. So... You're racist. And by the way, it's wild to me. First of all, what is the actual percentage of whites versus people of color out there? Is it like 65, 
So whites, so whites are underrepresented in your leadership, according to the, you know, according to, uh, you know, just normal demographic data. And w what exactly do you get by just hiring somebody based on their skin color? <laughs> KGP has beefaroni hair. <laughs> oh my God. That's uh, a comment of the day, man. Appreciate that. I'm so sick. I would have given you a bigger reaction, but that made me crack up. Bragnack says, interested in bringing on smaller Rumble Gamer. By the way, Coffee Brand Coffee's blueberries, absolute fire. Code Frag out to save uh, to save some change. Shameless plug. Love the content, bro. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm always open to you know anything. Right now, I'm trying to just work my format, tighten up my show. I think it's it's working pretty good. We've been seeing pretty steady increases in viewership. And so wow. diversity and matters. It matters. It, so your your goal was to set the NBA standard for leadership for for diversity and inclusion. And and do you are you now the most diverse and inclusive leadership uh, team in, in for an NBA organization? Uh, I know we're 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 somewhere at the top. Uh, we we actually ended up getting the NBA's uh, uh, diversity and inclusion award in January. Oh man, why not just go a hundred percent black women then? You know, why not? Why is, why is any white people? I mean, think of all the subsidies and awards you can get. If you would just fire all the white people, well, Mark Cuban wrote, if you know, you know how right-wing influencers turned airplanes and airports into culture war battleground. What? I'm pretty sure United, United airlines did that dummy. Of course he gets, you know, ruthlessly ratioed again. I mean, this guy is just flapping in the wind. By the way, Elon Musk is hiring 100 content moderators on his free speech platform, X. Allegedly to combat child porn. Allegedly. This after he fired 1,200 in trust and safety. Just saying. Now, he said it's, it's to monitor child porn. Okay, cool. 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 Maybe. 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 Sounds like more moderators to me. Sounds like more censorship to me. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Hopefully I'm wrong. Well, I think that covers all of the topics for this Monday. I'm going to have five, four to five standalone videos here on Rumble. I've already got three up. I'll have two more coming. And uh, tomorrow's show will be at 1 Eastern at the normal time. And I'm hoping that you'll all join me tomorrow live again. If you're here now, be here earlier tomorrow. Come in early. Let's, get, let's crack 5,000 at 1 o'clock tomorrow. And if you enjoyed the show, please make sure you follow my channel. And um, hopefully we'll see you tomorrow. The Cheerful Cynics is also important to remember that when the CRT leftists do kick out white people, they immediately also turn against other minorities, usually East Asians and Hispanics. Yeah, that's also true.
So we'll see you guys uh, tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel. Appreciate you all. Appreciate your support. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you.